for episode 260. Let me ask you a question. Who has 260 episodes of podcast? This girl does. Because I love podcasting. And you know what? Recently, I've been considering laying off the interviews a bit. Because the feedback I receive every time I have a solo episode is that's really what y'all want. And so I'm curious... How would you feel about that if the majority of these episodes were solo episodes just with me, giving lessons, teaching? I would love to know your thoughts, because that's what my musing is today. I'm wondering, we've gotten to episode 260 with a healthy dose of solo episodes and a healthy dose of interviews, and how would it feel if we started to mix it up and did mostly these solo lessons? Let me know. Shoot me a message. All right. Little bit of an update of what is going on in my life. Um, I have had a really, really wonderful two weeks, also a very intense two weeks. Um, I've mentioned this on the podcast and in the Feminine Spirit School a million times, but the work that I do as a student and uh, moving into as a teacher is embodiment work, polarity embodiment work. So I do what is called yogic sexuality, and it's a lot of breath work, it's a lot of eye gazing, and it is the art of creating polarity through embodiment, so through your body, rather than talking about things We use our body to create polarity, meaning if there's two people, one person enters the masculine pole and the other person enters the feminine pole. And you create sexual tension, or as Michaela Baum calls it, erotic friction, uh, using your body and using uh, sound, using movement or lack thereof of movement, using your eyes and the way that you look through your eyes. It's very deep work. So I've been doing that as a practitioner for about a year and a half, and I'm really going into this time in my 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 practice where I am now assisting. So I just assisted for the first time with uh, one of my teachers, and, well, both my teachers, two, two of my many teachers, and um, it was really quite an amazing experience and challenging to go from in the masculine of setting the stage, like literally putting out 50 different yoga mats, perfectly aligned, being meticulous with the alignment, being in control of the airflow, being in control of the way the flowers are placed or sweeping the floor, if any hair has fallen to the ground from practices. Like that, not that I'm saying hair gets pulled, but you know, if you're if you're walking around and moving and there's a room full of women, guaranteed hair is gonna be falling to the floor, uh, as hair likes to do. So sweeping quickly and then doing the mats and then setting the chairs and then having this deep practice and going into my feminine during the practice and opening my heart and being in surrender and in energy and going deep into my emotions and revealing my emotions. So say we do a practice that we go into our rage So I might go from being in the masculine pole of go, 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 get the room ready, do all of these things, take orders, because I have to be a very good listener whenever I'm assisting, because uh, if there's a team lead, they need me to do something, I need to go do it. So be very responsive in that way. And then immediately once practice begins, learn how to let go of all of that, and then go immediately into surrender and to flow and to being in energy and love, light and pleasure and Wow, that kind of agility is such a such a skill to learn and I feel very blessed and fortunate and grateful to be doing that particular next step of this work this year. So um, that was my first four day long to assist. I also did the social media, so I was balancing social media 
with being a part of the meticulous uh, stage crew and then also going into practices and then additionally being aware of people who show up that have traumas or people who show up with um, very severe things that they're working through and that might be the first step of their healing journey, which is a very deep first step, but being aware of all that too, and then also being aware of who cannot be filmed or will not be filmed. So it's like juggling a lot of different things and doing it all with sovereignty, of reminding myself, this is my choice. I am here and I am powered by doing it because one of my things is, ah, this is happening to me. And I think that's very common for many of us is that if something doesn't go exactly the way that our ego wants it to go, we can go into this mentality of, ah, this is happening to me when in reality we're actually being given a great gift that we can learn from. And so I walked away from that week feeling very proud of myself for all that I accomplished and did and helped with and served in my devotion to this art of polarity, embodiment, and yogic sexuality. I am so grateful for this. And I'm also very glad that I've, I've taken a lot of time to really be a practitioner rather than jumping into teaching. With the online space, it's very easy to read a book and then immediately hop on your podcast and talk all about these lessons and act as if you have been practicing them for years when in reality you haven't, you just learned about it. And there's a time and a place for that. I've certainly done that on this show many a times. And I think I was always honest about it. It's not like I hopped on after reading a book and pretended like I'd been practicing these things, but rather I would read something powerful and then come on and say, hey, I just read something powerful I want to share with you. But there's also something about being very responsible to do the work and walk the talk before teaching, especially if you have an online business and letting yourself marinate and integrate the lessons that you are learning so that when you are teaching it, you are responsible. You really truly can come from a place of being a practitioner and a student. And personally, I always want to be a student of whatever it is that I'm teaching. And I'm glad that I've spent the past year and a half really being a student of embodiment before teaching these one-day workshops or weekend workshops around embodiment. So my powerhouse has been around the feminine and the masculine and teaching what this looks like in your day-to-day life and teaching what this looks like within your body. But the next step in my business venture, I feel, will be doing these day-longs, these weekend workshops, uh, maybe week-longs, where we actually don't just talk about the feminine and the masculine, uh, Shakti and Shiva, the sun and the moon energy, but we do it with our bodies and we don't talk. Because <laughs> that's where the deepest work happens, is when you actually allow your body to express your feminine and your masculine polarity and create this, as Michaela calls it, erotic friction. Juicy stuff. That does bring me to something that's really exciting. I, and I didn't even mean to do this. The, the best segue is a natural segue. That's what I always say. Ah, I rhymed. So I am co-leading a weekend event called the Embodied Archetype, giving a voice to the hidden shadow. So this event is unlike anything I have ever done before and quite possibly unlike anything that's ever really been done before. And I'm co-leading this with Jamie Woolrab, who was on the podcast very recently talking about vocals and voice. If you're interested in coming to our event, go listen to that episode. Get to know Jamie. He is an actor. He is a world-renowned acting coach and vocal coach. He's worked with members of the cast of the show Shameless. He's worked with Eva Clay. He's worked with Sebastian Stan. He's worked with tons of very, very well-known actors and is currently working with all of them. And he's coming to New York, and we're going to co-lead a workshop together doing this kind of embodiment. A lot of the work that we do at these week-long events that I do with a a couple of my teachers, we're going to be taking those practices and tools plus our own unique individual teachings and making a really special weekend event. If anyone's been very interested in either embodiment work, breath work, um, clearing your throat chakra, polarity, and most importantly, shadow work, this event 
is for you. We are going to essentially be taking a shadow of each human that comes. We're going to meet with you beforehand via Skype. Um, either Jamie or I will. Most likely, uh, we'll each have our own call with you one-on-one. -on -one. So I will uh, speak with you a little bit to share more about the event and answer any questions. And he will most likely chat with you to figure out what shadow is the shadow you will want to be working on this weekend. But for example, if you are someone who really struggles with standing up for yourself. Uh, you have a passion for women and you want women to have a voice, but you really struggle with standing up for yourself, standing up for women, standing up to the, to the patriarchy. And, and that quality, that fear of standing up, most likely has really been running the show. Meaning you've probably found yourself in a lot of instances in life where you've wanted to speak up and you couldn't because what we resist persists. So if there's a part of you that you fear your shadow and you repress it, so in this instance, it may be being bold or it may be anger because sometimes we get very angry when we stand up to the patriarchy or maybe it's assertive. Maybe you're a woman or a man who's really feared being assertive because let's say your father was assertive and he was also abusive. And so you never wanted to be anything that looked like that. So you put away your ability to be assertive and now as an adult, assertion would really come in handy. But since you decided long ago to never be anything that even looked like assertion, you have found yourself most likely in situations where you have felt like you've been tramped over. Like people have run all over you. You don't know how to set boundaries. You don't know how to be clear in your, in your boundaries. You don't know how to be clear in your statements or your desires. So if you could only figure out how to bring assertion back into your life in a healthy way, all of these things would disintegrate. They would leave your life. I mean, maybe they might pop up still, but they get handled very quickly because you no longer repress the very quality you need to have in order to heal that in your life. So for example, if we have a woman who struggles with this, maybe what she would do for this weekend is embody the archetype of Joan of Arc or some other well-known figure. Because oftentimes entering characters who are not us, helps us to access pieces of ourselves that we can't just simply access when we're being ourselves. And actors will tell you this, that by embodying different roles and characters, they've been able to heal their own wounds. They've been able to access parts of themselves they could not before. Something about or saying, okay, I have a container for the next hour where I'm being somebody else, it gives you permission to play full out. And that's what our goal is with this. By having different characters that we play, and you will only have one, you only have one character that you're really going to be bringing into your life over this weekend. By having this, you're going to give yourself permission to play full out with that quality that you repress. Jealousy, anger, rage, fear, uh, assertion, bitchiness. Maybe there's something to do with sexuality you want to work on or sensuality. And this is going to be co Ed, which is one of the most exciting pieces in my perspective, because I have not yet done any event for men. And Jamie and I both agree that we want this to be co-ed. We want women. We want men. We want any other gender that you identify with, but we want you. And we are down to have couples come. There's, we're, we're planning to make this event pretty intimate. So let us know if you're interested as soon as possible. The dates will be November 15th to 17th, and it is at a place in Brooklyn. Uh, this is going to be all, all days during the day, so we're not going to be taking care of accommodation. It's going to be in a beautiful yoga venue, and we're going to hold the space very beautifully during the day, but then at nighttime, we want you to be able to go and be on your own, uh, rest, integrate what you've just learned, and then come back in the morning refreshed and ready. So because of that, because accommodation is not included, we are, this event in particular is less than most of my events. It is a thousand per person. And you are getting so much. Not only are you going to be getting um, this integration of your shadow, which could 
quite honestly affect and impact every single aspect of your life moving forward. Think about all the times you could use a healthy relationship with your jealousy or your anger or your sexuality or your assertion or your bitchiness or whatever it is that you've been repressing. Not only are you getting that, you're getting to work with Jamie who has been hired. Um, I mean, he's been hired by countless of amazing actors, speakers, writers, podcasters, so many different people. He has he is an encyclopedia of wealth. He really is anything you want to know about, anything that you ha- you feel blocked in your body. If you want to clear your throat chakra so you speak more powerfully, Jamie is this person. And then you're also working with me. And I have the past seven years of doing uh, work and you'll be able to spend this quality time with both of us in a very intimate atmosphere that is well contained. We will make sure that whatever you've got, bring it and we'll keep it safe and and nurtured and we'll have an amazing weekend. So this is a thousand per person. And if you come with your significant other or with a partner or uh, anyone special in your life, then we're giving you each a hundred off. So message us for details on that. If you go to maddiemoon.com forward slash events, you will see the embodied archetype giving a voice to the hidden shadow Uh, application and just fill that out so we can get some basic information from you. And then I will reach back out to you and we'll go from there. So today I was asked some questions about, um, (laughs) okay. So I was asked some questions about dating as a woke slash spiritual human being and how to date in this world. And what's really interesting is a lot of you asked me to talk specifically about hooking up, hooking up with people as a spiritual person who's committed to your own growth, your own self-love and wanting, wanting to be empowered. And you're also wanting to have physical connections with people. So I'm going to bring up those very specific questions because I received quite a few of them. And I'll go through them uh, one by one-ish. Some of them kind of mesh together. And uh, and before we do that, actually, I want to go into my own point of view and perspective and where I'm at in my life in regards to this. Because this is pretty timely. And what I'm doing might impact how I speak about this. So I want to just clear this up first so you know where I'm at in my personal life because it's going to be challenging for me to separate that from this because I'm so intimately intertwined with this theme in my life. Um, If you were to come to me and ask about body positive mindsets for children, I'd be like, sure, I can give a very unbiased perspective on this right now. But in this question, not really. I can't be unbiased. Uh, I will try my best, but it's going to be flavored a little bit with where I'm at in my life. And I think that's what you'll like for the most part. So, um, where to begin? So I'll start with the facts. Right now I'm doing a dating app detox. Uh, I don't really like the word detox. I will say I'm doing, um, a dating app, uh, cleanse and it's very sacred. I'm very fortunate to have a community of women, a very small community, like five of us, um, who are, There's like a group of five of us and then there's a group of like seven of us and then there's a group of 10 of us and then there's a group of 30 of us. Like I've got all of these groups um, from very intimate and small to very big and most of these groups know about what I'm practicing right now but the core group that I'm uh, being held by is a group of about five women and um, they are in, or they're holding me in this and they're holding me to this. And um, I've got a whole structure around how I'm doing this. I've got an altar for it. I have an altar for my sacred yearning because deep in my heart, I am yearning. I'm so yearning for, um, I'm, I'm, I'm so deeply yearning for a divine masculine figure in my life that is going to demand my heart and hold me and love me and be all the things with me. And when I say that, I mean, they're going to want to love me like I'm a queen, but then they're also going to want to take advantage of me and rip my clothes off and ravish me. And uh, I won't go into the details of all the things that I am calling in in my life right now. 
because that is sacred and that is between me and uh, my my small group. But I have realized over the past, I, I honestly the past couple weeks, it's been very short. This this realization that I myself love to love. And I had a good friend call this out in me and I was very upset. I didn't like that she called it out. Normally when we're really upset, it's because something kind of feels true. And um, I was talking about someone that I had been dating in this crappy thing he did. Um, basically, we, we were together. We hooked up and hooked up is saying it lightly. We were he was courting me, really courting me. I'm talking about picnics and taking me to the movies and uh, like essentially the New York equivalent to picking me up and uh, texting me all the time and like being very sweet and very uh, listening very well, being an amazing listener, complimenting me, words of affirmation, wanting to get to know me, wanting to understand my business, all of these things, like making sure he like I was seen. And we slept together and then... Uh, he came over another night, a next night, and then we didn't because I was tired. And then, boom, nothing. Basically ghosted. Um, ghosted, but but not quite because I was still getting a few messages from him only in response to my messages. And they were short and cold, which was very confusing for me because... Before we slept together, the message was, I want to make this work. I am loving this, this like totally attentive. Uh, when I had an insecurity pop up, he met that with all of his love and energy. And then immediately after we slept together and then the next night getting a no because I was tired, nothing. And I was speaking to this group of women and, and bringing this to them and, and asking them, like, basically, how do I show him? How do I reveal to him without talking about it? How do I reveal to him my my heart and my yearning for him to not drop me like this? And I got a few recommendations of, oh, well, reveal to him your pain, like film a video of you throwing a tantrum from him not replying to you and and reveal to him your heart maybe through crying or through a poem and and... You know, I was down to do all these things, but then I had one friend who said, can I offer you something? And I was like, oh, okay. And she offered me um, to summarize that I fall in love easily. And I fall in love with people who aren't really showing up and doing the work and aren't really in alignment with, with the level of integrity I'm in. Because I'm, very, I'm a very deep practitioner very deep. I've been very devoted and committed and I'm doing work that I know um, not not many people do, quite frankly. It's it's not easy work. Um, the real life practices that I'm doing, it's not easy. It's, it's, it's very vulnerable and it's very opening. And I have on one side a gift to be able to see the beauty and love within every single human being and, and love that. And I could essentially make a life with anybody. And I thought that was my goal for a long time because a lot of personal development and love books talk about love books. They talk about how you can create a life with anyone. Anyone could be the one. And I, I think that it started long before that, that I've been this way. I've pretty much always been this way. But I think that on top of what I've already been like, I took it to the next degree where I've really believed that I should and could and would love everybody. And that has now gone too far to where I'm actually re-traumatizing myself around men because I am trying to convince myself that I can be with anybody. And if only, if only I'm a deeper practitioner, if I show up 100% and love unconditionally enough, then this person could be the one or this person or this person or this person. And I really, I could tell you that the last few people I've gone out with on these dating app dates, I, I did see potential in almost every one of them. And when I take a step back now, after my friend gave me this very big truthful love bomb? Uh, no, pretty much none of them do. None of them have the criteria of what I truly desire and yearn for, the depth. I mean, the man that I am calling in is so freaking integrity-filled. Um, John had once said to me, Madeline, I want you to only date people who either 
scare you with the level of integrity that they have to their practice and their work and their purpose or inspire you with their purpose and their direction and their integrity. So I either want to be scared or inspired and hopefully both. And that is, that is it for me. That is what I'm looking for. And, um, for me personally, I'm, I'm, you know, it's July 1st, 2019. This is where I'm at right now. Uh, he's not on a dating app. At least he's not going to be on a dating app and just so happen to swipe right at the same time I swipe right in the massive city that is New York City. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't know for certain, but in my body right now, I'm so off. I'm so turned off. I've been on these dating apps for like since they came out. I mean, I have memories when I lived in Austin, Texas. And that was forever ago. I lived in Austin and I lived in Colorado for six years. And I'm in New York. So that can kind of place how long I've been on these apps. And he's not there. And, you know, I, I've realized that I'm draining a lot of my power by swiping. Just, I really am. I, I have so much that I can offer. And I would rather, right now, I'm saying I would rather get on here and record an amazing podcast and put it out into the world or film a video or write a blog post or write a poem or nap or um, have a pleasure practice or have a phone call with a friend. I would rather do any of that stuff than swipe. And that just feels exhausting. And when I, I took inventory of all the people that I've gone on dates with since living in, in New York City, since moving here, and to be completely upfront and honest, none of them scared me or inspired me in any way. But after our first dates, I envisioned that happening. So I think you could also say that I fall in love with potential. And I settle. I really do. And again, I'm not knocking myself. I love that I love to love because it's it's been such a gift in my life. And at a certain point, I think we have to let the natural evolution occur. So it's just a natural evolution that now I'm ready to stop loving everybody and anybody. I can still love them, but from afar and not romantically. And I want to preserve my energy because I have so much to give and I'm such a deep practitioner and that is really distracting me. It's truly at the end of the day, all of this is distracting me. And what John said um, is that, what John Wineland said is, do your practices and they will come. And that's what I'm going to do. And so my container is around a month of being off dating apps. But you know what? I, I, I'm, I'm going to start there, but I really want to say much, 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 much longer. Like in my mind, I'm like, let's just forever be off of it, Madeline. Let's never, ever, ever be on it again. And so that one month is the month for me to go really deep into my sacred yearning practices and and uh, have this altar devoted specifically to my yearning and my calling in of of everything that I am wanting to experience in in a very divine relationship whenever that time is ready. But I'm not in a rush, really. I'm not. <laughs> I'm feeling very content and happy with this woman that I have so intentionally created and I only want to go deeper and I don't want to give this woman to anybody that is not showing up for her from the beginning from square one that doesn't mean that there isn't work involved but I am fiercely devoted to me above all. And I'm also now fiercely devoted to conserving my energy for the partner in the future that is going to meet me in all the ways I am needing to be met and all the ways that I want to meet. So with that said, that's where I'm at. So like I said, my views on this are a little bit different than maybe if you were even to ask me these questions a month ago. But here's the first question that I received. Well, the, the, the umbrella question um, or the umbrella topic that I received via Instagram when I asked, what do y'all want me to talk about on the podcast was talk about being a conscious spiritual person in, in this dating world. And then I needed some smaller questions because that's so big. And here is the first one that I received. How open should you be with your significant other 
Share all feelings and insecurities or keep some in? So I just want to sit with this question for a second. How open should you be with your significant other? Share all feelings, insecurities, or keep some in? To be truthful, my body right now feels um, very tight when I hear this question. I feel very tight. My breath feels a little bit more shallow. Um, My heart feels a little bit, it's like, It's like tightening in on itself. And what that tells me is that this question doesn't feel, or not the question, these options don't feel good. Either sharing all feelings or insecurities or keeping them in. So I don't think either one of these options are the path that I would go. And before looking at what you do with your significant other, let's first look at what you do with yourself. So... With yourself, do you share all feelings and insecurities or do you keep some in? And these are two, these are two opposite poles, right? There's no, I mean, maybe keep some in could be considered a middle path because it sounds like that's sharing some, keeping some in. But what I would offer instead, starting with just looking at you, is embodying and feeling all rather than picking and choosing. This one gets a voice, this one doesn't, this one gets a voice. And what you can do is create sacred containers for this so that it's not just pouring out of you all day long. But let's say you have an insecurity one day around your body. How can you, in that day, when that insecurity feels very powerful, how can you create art? And so maybe you give yourself 20 minutes that day to create art around your body, your body image, your fears around your body image. So that mean that could mean lighting candle. And this is just 20 minutes. So you don't have to do all this and then keep it going on for the rest of the day. For 20 minutes, go all out. Meaning you could light candles in your room. You can put on a song that feels very tender and emotional if that's how you feel or something very angry, like Rage Against the Machine if that's how you feel. And then create some art. And how, how would that art look? So maybe it could be a video where you just totally embody the state of being an insecure woman with body image woes. What would she do in this video? How would she act? How would she use her body to demonstrate how she feels in her body? Maybe you do a dance and you film that and you create a, a sacred dance of body image woes. And... Uh, you could also write a poem or a song, or you could take a plastic bat to your bed and beat the crap out of it. And this is only for a certain amount of time. That part is very important so that you have a container for it. And then after that, I'd be curious when, when you bring in your significant other, ask yourself, what is the goal of sharing. There's no right or wrong. Either you share or you don't. I've had coaches and teachers who very rarely share anything about their personal practices with their partner. And then I've had coaches and teachers who share everything. Um, So I would ask you, what is your goal with it? Is your goal to have someone by your side to listen and hold space? Maybe that is your partner. And maybe that's what your goal is because you know they're going to really show up and be powerful in that way. Maybe instead, though, that's your therapist or that's your coach or maybe that's just yourself. Maybe you do this sacred art practice and you get everything that you needed and you don't need to share anything with them. And it's important to remember because I do get the sense and the feeling that oftentimes people feel that they owe their partner all of their information. You don't owe them anything. Um, You're building something together and you each decide what you put into that pot to build it and what your objective is with the relationship. And I think we look at this also on a smaller basis. So if you're going to come to your partner and share an insecurity that you have around um, okay, let's. since we're on this topic of body image, um, maybe you are worried that he is not into your body 
and you do this sacred art practice and you go into your body image and you feel and there's still something lingering, but you've, you've felt the emotion fully and that's great. That's a really beautiful foundation. So you've done your 20 minute container. Now you want to come to him. My assumption is that you would come to him or her and you'd feel a bit cleaner. You'd have a lot of the projections cleaned up by actually doing that practice. And now you have whatever is left. My encouragement is for you to drop in and say, what, what is your dream situation in sharing this or your dream outcome? If your outcome is for this person to sit and listen, I, th I say it would be very helpful for you to let them in on that so that they know and they're not in the dark. Very important, right? Because otherwise they may try to fix it. Um, especially if your partner is a masculine being. So if you just want someone to hold space after you feel all of your things, one, I would encourage you to preface it to the best of your ability. Hi, my love. Um, so I've got some, I'm giving you an example. I didn't make that clear. I'm giving you an example of what to tell him. Hi, my love. So I've got some fears that are coming up within me right now. Um, I've got some stories that my mind is creating and I would love to be able to share these with you and not to have them fixed, but rather for you to just listen. And by the end of all of this, I might be more clear on what I need from you, but for now, if you can just listen. Is that okay? Get his yes or her yes. And then you can share. Like maybe it, it sounds like this. Maybe it sounds something like, when we're intimate together, sometimes I make up the story in my mind that you don't like my body. And even though you touch it and you kiss it and you love it, I keep thinking that it's not good enough. And it's nothing that you are doing. This is what I am doing. And if he is doing something, share that too. Maybe you say, it's the way that you pull back your arm. When you pull back your arm, it makes me feel that what you just touched you don't like. Um, and, and and share, if, if you're going to share, share these things with them. And then also take, uh, share your awareness that you know a lot of this could be based off of your past, your past experiences or stories or projections. There's nothing wrong with projections. I think that the more we're aware of what we are projecting, the better, the better we can help bridge between the projection and what is real life. And so, if your dream outcome is just for them to hold space and listen, you stop there and they, they listen and maybe they put their hand on your heart and they kiss you and hold you. If you want some feedback, ask for that. Can you say, you can say, can you please tell me how you feel about this or um, where I might be missing the mark on this? If you have something that you specifically want more of, this is an art. This is something I've worked on for the past year and a half with a couple of my teachers of really learning how to um, give feedback and ask for what you need. So you could let them know um, what I would really love more of from you is for you to not pull your hand back jarringly and to keep it there on my belly or for you to make a little bit of sound whenever you're touching my thighs because that would make me feel like you're enjoying it. What I would really love more of is maybe for you to make comments to my body. So think about what you would love more of if you know something specifically that would help with this and give them that feedback. So going back to the question, how open should you be with your significant other? There is no way to tell this. It, the primary thing I want you to think about is how open are you with you? How deep do you go into your embodiment? Are you doing your practices? Are you meditating? Are you doing um, your own intimacy practices? Are you being honest with yourself about how you feel? And what is the goal of sharing? Is the goal to clear something up? I did this the other day, not with a um, romantic partner of mine, but with a masculine being who's in my life. And I told him, I texted him and said, I'm making up a story in my mind that this, 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 and this. And he goes, oh my gosh, no, none of that happened. And then he shared with me what actually really happened um, and cleared up everything for me. I felt so much better. I was like, oh, I was so happy. My energy felt clear. I just felt way better because I got, I got the inside scoop of what actually happened versus what I made up in my mind. So that, those are great reasons to bring forward your truth and also take ownership of your truth. 
what's not so healthy is when you blame it on the other person saying, you made me feel like my body isn't enough because you pulled away your hand because that is totally a projection. They didn't make you feel anything because they pulled away their hand. They merely pulled away their hand. Why they did that, you don't know. Maybe it's because they had a jolt in their shoulder and they needed to quickly pull back their hand to get their shoulder feeling okay again. Like we don't know these things. So clarity does help in asking questions, but I, for one, going into personal experience, I don't share all of my insecurities with, with anyone I'm romantically involved with because um, I don't need to. That, that feels like that's a, to be, to, not to go into a completely different direction, but that is a polarity killer because polarity is about two opposite sides of, of a spectrum. So if you're both on the same side of the spectrum holding each other and talking and talking and talking, there's no sexual friction um, cause you're kind of, it's hard to describe this in this context, but whenever you're basically lovingly hashing out something, you're both in the same energy. You're both thinking, you're both talking about the same thing. There's no opposite. It's very much that same, same energy. You're both bringing forward this tender, open-hearted, hopefully emotional connection. And it's, you're probably both talking in the same voice. You're probably both kind of talking softly. And how we create polarity is opposites. So uh, motion and uh, stillness or flow and go and uh, chaos and movement and uh, beingness. So that is actually a polarity killer. And if I'm really into creating polarity and sexual friction and I want to pounce on someone, I look for more of the opposites. How can we be the opposite if I'm with a partner that's more in a stillness? How can I be more energy and... And then I save the times for having those kind of conversations when they're really needed. And the rest of the times I have those conversations, I have people that I'm actually working with to do so. Therapists, coaches, my small women's group. That's where I reveal, 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 reveal. That's where the real practices are done. It's not my romantic partner's position to be all of those things for me. I, I want to make sure that we keep our um, relationship really tight but also keep our sex life and our polarity really alive. And so it's a it's an emotional acrobatic act. You've got to learn how to juggle a few things in order to get all your needs met, and it takes time, and it takes a lot of patience. Okay, um, so this question is, how do I engage in just physical relationships safely when I'm in a healing process and I'm not dating? So... Here's my very blunt statement on this. No relationship is just a physical relationship. Sorry. No relationship is just physical. I don't believe so. I know I, I have been told by some male friends, Madeline, you're not everyone is as emotionally um, invested as you are. And I can admit that is probably true, but I definitely do not think in any way, shape or form, a relationship can just be physical. And I think the number one step to having a primarily physical relationship is understanding that, knowing that there are going to be emotions and making that okay. Because if you think, oh, this goes into the only physical relationship category, you're going to feel frustration and maybe even shame and guilt whenever you have emotions pop up. Like, why didn't I understand this could only be physical? Well, it's because it can't. Because your, your, your body is directly related to your emotions. And that's why we have to do embodiment work is because so many of us have been walking around in our day-to-day -day life trying to disassociate. So we don't feel our feelings. And the goal is not to only have a physical body, but also to be in it. So I would say encourage yourself to do an even deeper practice here. If you're wanting to have a physical relationship while you're in the healing process and you're not actually dating this person, the deeper practice is exactly that, being in a physical relationship and also allowing your emotions to come up. What a deep practice that would be to allow yourself to feel feelings and to look at those feelings. So then you have to ask yourself if that is what you're going to do. Do you have the emotional capacity for this deep of a practice while you're in a healing process? Or do you actually need to take some time away and be on your own and do basically what I'm doing and have this container to be with yourself and have women's group and have therapy and have alone time and have projects and dreams and a business you're building and throw yourself into that. If the answer is, yes, I still do want to have a physical relationship, then 
get really clear on what you are a yes to and what you are a no to. Um, I also had this this, this other question. I'm going to put it together with this one. My answer is going to be kind of the same. How to hook up while being in your sovereignty. So this is the same question. How do I engage in just a physical relationship while also in the healing process and how to hook up while in sovereignty? So my answer to both of these is set aside some time maybe today, maybe sometime this week, where you actually meditate on what are you a yes to in this kind of dynamic and what are you a no to. Get really clear on what is okay and what is actually going to be nurturing for you and helpful for you and making this a good process and what are you a no to. What would actually re-traumatize you? What would end up closing your heart, what would hurt you rather than lift you up and move you forward. For example, you may be a yes to um, having this physical relationship, sleeping with someone, but also in order for you to be a yes to that, you need them to call you or text you the next day to check in on you. And um, you are a yes to having a physical relationship with someone, but you are a no to talking about these things, these things, these things, or not talking about these things, these things, these things. Like in order to have a safe, physical, sexual relationship with someone, which is a very emotional experience, by the way. Very, 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 very emotional. Anytime you are being sexually intimate with someone, you are being penetrated by them, their consciousness, their being, everything about them is penetrating you. You are having that, their energy inside of you, the most vulnerable position for another person to be and for you to be in. You are creating something whether you like it or not. So in order to be a yes, to have your relationship with this person be primarily about the sex, what do you need on the emotional side in order to help feed that, to make that safe? Like I said, maybe you need them to call you or text you the next day. Maybe you need to hear from them uh, three days afterwards also. Um, maybe you need to have, an, uh, let's say, 15 to 30 minutes of straight up cuddle time after that after the sex you all have together and you just need to be held by him. Maybe you still need to have dinner with them every once in a while so that you feel like you're getting that emotional need met and if you don't want any of those things and you're actually someone who just wants to have a physical relationship not hear from them uh, not talk to them again not have these kinds of emotional interactions then I would ask you how is that helping your healing process get really clear on that how is that heal helping your healing process? What is that healing in your healing process? How does having sex with this person and feeling an orgasm with them help in your healing process? And this, there's no, there's zero judgment from me whatsoever. I just want to help you ask the right questions so that you're getting clear on your why. And you're not just doing this for a surface level orgasm because that, like I've mentioned a few times, could actually end up hurting you or re-traumatizing you in the long run. And you may end up losing your sovereignty if things go astray. So let's say the hookup ends up being just that, a hookup, and being a feminine creature, maybe you're a little bit complicated like we all are because the feminine is energy and chaos. Maybe you changed your mind that you actually just wanted this to be a physical relationship and you actually really wanted this to be emotional too. And they are, maybe this is a masculine being and they're pretty on track with the same thing the whole way because that's typically how they end up being. Um, and maybe this person's just like, yeah, we agreed that this would be just physical and it's just physical. And, and maybe throughout that process, you begin to create feelings and then your sovereignty switches a little bit. And now you go into this state of, but I th thought we were creating an emotional connection and you forget or you let go of that first intention of just making this physical and this is something that I could very much see happening because I think it's impossible to just have a physical relationship with someone and not get emotional and not get emotionally attached or connected in some way unless you do deep work in this polyamorous world or open community and you've been really honing in on those skills of loving without attachments if you're not on that 
playing and you're just trying to be physical with someone and you're not actively working on loving without attachments and rather just connection, if you're not doing all of that practice and work, which by the way, being in a polyamorous and open relationship requires a lot, a lot, a lot of com uh, communication. It's a lot of emotions too. So I, I want to nip that in the bud. I don't have that kind of relationship dynamic, but I have many close friends who are in those and it takes a great deal of communication. It's not less work, it's more work. It's a lot more work because not only are you having to communicate more, but you're also having to heal those attachment wounds that maybe you had developed in childhood from your mother or father. So it's a lot of work doing that kind of thing. So um, going back to what I was saying originally before that tangent, if you're not doing all of that work or you're not intentional about that being your quest in that kind of relationship, your sovereignty may waver and you may end up feeling a little bit more like a victim by the end of this relationship when that person hasn't created feelings for you, whereas you have created feelings for them. And at that point, the minute you realize that, love yourself deeply, acknowledge your yearning to have a deep emotional connection, and then reevaluate the situation. Do you want to still have this connection with this person? Do you want to still only have this be physical? Or are you realizing that you actually do crave an emotional connection with whoever you're physically intimate with also? And if that's the case, you have to make a choice. Do you continue hooking up with this person? And if you say yes, go into sovereignty and say, I choose this. You are not a victim. I choose this. I choose to just have the physical connection without the emotional co connection. And I choose all of the emotions that come alongside this experience. Or you choose to walk away, which also will come with a lot of feelings, probably pain, probably heartbreak, and all of those things. So if you are in your sovereignty, that means that whatever you are doing, whatever choices you are making, you are aligned with and you are owning the full experience of it. You're owning the heartbreak, you're owning the experience of having an orgasm with this person, you're owning the fact that they may not call you the next day if they've repeatedly not gone along with that request and you're owning the choice to stay. And if you don't want all of those things, you have to own the choice to leave and own the choice to go into the heartbreak because that's important to feel the heartbreak, to feel the yearning. That yearning, if you do happen to feel sad after having a connection like this, allow yourself to go deep into that heartbreak and that yearning for what it is that you do want because that yearning is the exact thing that's going to guide you into a deeper understanding of what you do crave. That's where I'm at right now, right? That's where I'm at. I'm at, but because of the feeling of being dropped by that person and the anger and the rage, oh my God, it's so much rage. Um, I have been able to do some of the deepest practices that I've been able to do in a long time because by him doing that, he touched a, a part within me that woke me up and it caused a domino effect, a ripple effect of how I have been disservicing myself by being with people who are not in alignment and integrity with who I am and what I want. So, I mean, at the end of the day, thank you to him. Um, anytime we're deeply hurt or triggered in these ways, there's always a beautiful lesson in it. And um, I'm grateful for this lesson because it's starting this whole ripple effect of where I'm at now. So hopefully this helps answer your question. Um, I know some people probably wish that I could just say, oh, just compartmentalize. This is a physical relationship and this is your healing process, but it is not that easy. Actually, it's the complete opposite. I mean, a, a heal your healing process is always completely 100% about your ability to love and your vulnerability and your openness. And if you're literally physically opening your body to someone, you are emotionally being penetrated as well. So ask yourself, do you want this person to be emotionally penetrating you too? If the answer is no, I highly invite you to not be physically intimate with this person. If you're wanting to be physically intimate with someone for the sake of doing deep Tantra, like more of the Western Tantra uh, work, this Charles Muir work, um, where you're doing sacred spot massage. Maybe you don't know what this is, but it's a kind of like 
uh, physical sexual practice. And if you're wanting to have a practice partner where you're practicing this sacred spot massage, you're practicing uh, opening your kundalini, your chakras, whatever it is, then have sovereignty with that. Say this relationship has a purpose and it's a physical one. And yet I'm still going to encourage you to have some very clear emotional boundaries of what do you need? Be honest with yourself. What do you need in order to make this work? Okay, last question I will answer is, how do I stay true to my spiritual growth while being open to love? My answer to this one is quite simple. They are one and the same. Your spiritual growth is always love. Love is the deepest spiritual practice. So, like I've been talking about, I want you to slow down to what are you devoted to and make that a practice. Make your yearning and your devotion to love a practice and walk throughout life with that. Right now, I'm walking throughout life with this um, energy of, a, of, I can't go into full detail on it because it is sacred and, and oftentimes what is sacred, I don't want to be broadcasting, but I'm, I'm walking with a particular flavor of who I want to be. Okay, and that's really all I can say. And it's a very clear line, like she who must be X, Y, Z. So I'm, I'm walking throughout my daily life as she who must be, well, for the sake of this podcast, we'll just say must be seen like a queen. Um, so I am walking throughout my daily life. I'm eating in this way. I'm drinking in this way. I'm clothing my body in this way. I have an altar that is for this practice. And so everything I'm doing is about this queen energy that I'm, I'm wanting to illuminate into the world. And so I'm also alongside this very clear on what I'm going to be calling in. And I will know that when I see that I, I like to believe. So if the question is, how do I stay true to my spiritual growth while being open to love, stay true to your spiritual growth, period. And you are open to love. And it doesn't mean that you go on a date with everyone that asks you out or that you owe anyone anything or that it is, a, it is not an act of love to say no to somebody. It's quite the opposite. When you are highly devoted to your spiritual practice, you are really intentional about who gets a piece of that love pie with your body, with your heart. Who gets to lead you? Like seriously, think about that. What man is in so much integrity that he gets the honor of leading you. And, and that is something that I would encourage you to sit with is what, when you're meeting a man, does his integrity inspire and scare you? Like what John said to me, um, does he shock you with his purpose and his mission and his passion and make you want to be a better woman? Is he someone that you would want to be led by? And these are all things that you do realize with time. You don't realize these right off the bat. But I'm encouraging you to remain so devoted to your practices as a spiritual woman, walking your spiritual path, doing your meditation, um, being devoted to love. Like that, I think that is the spiritual practice. It's not having your crystals and pulling tarot cards. Um, the greatest spiritual practice is being love. So if you are being love and that's the number one thing you're devoted to, of course you're open to love. You are love. Being open to a relationship is something that is very different. And so I think it's important to separate those two things and realize being devoted to love is a spiritual practice and therefore you are open to love, period. Being open to a relationship where you are devoted to one particular person, one physical manifestation of the masculine or the feminine in a human form, that takes time to know. That takes time to know if that person is the one. It takes experiences. It takes trial and error, one could say. It takes dates. It takes um, communication. And that comes with time. And your body will let you know through subtle cues if something is a yes or a no. You'll feel your cervix close if it is a no. You'll feel your breath most likely shorten and get shallow. You'll feel your body recoil if it is a no. And if it is a yes, you will most likely feel your body open. Your breathing will get softer, maybe even deeper. And if not, then if this masculine or, or feminine being is really in that opposite pole, maybe they'll take you deeper. They'll 
lovingly guide you into deeper breath. They'll hold you deeper. They'll do things that you didn't even expect they would do, or they may shock you by doing things that you didn't know people did anymore, like cuddling after sex and holding you and asking you how you feel and getting you a glass of water when they see you're thirsty. They'll do all these things, and that's not to say we should have expectations, but someone who's really feeling you will feel what you need, will feel into how to guide you and love you deeper. So that is all for today, episode 260. I hope you enjoyed this. If you happen to skip the intro, which I hope you didn't, go back and listen if you did. But if you happen to skip that, I talked a bit about an upcoming event I have happening in Brooklyn, November 15th to 17th. If you are interested in that, again, maddiemoon.com forward slash events, and that is where you can apply. It's going to be an intimate group. It is uh, going to be very impactful and powerful, and it's pretty much a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to work with uh, Jamie Woolrab and me in this way, this capacity together. So we look forward to seeing those applications roll in, and we'll get back to you as soon as we read those. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday and your week, or whenever you're listening to this episode, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, 2020, 2035. Um let me know your thoughts. Head on over to Instagram and leave a comment on the video for this audio and, and ask us your questions or let us know what hit your heart the, the most powerfully. And going back to the thing I said at the very beginning of this episode, how would you feel if I did more solo episodes? I'm curious about that. Looking forward to hearing from you, my lovelies. Take care and I'll see you soon. <laughs>